crazy Cause I want you baby But you don't so get out, get out, get out, get out What's up, everybody? It's Kate Quigley. This is Date Bills. I'm super excited. I'm actually in Las Vegas right now. I'm performing here this week. And uh, I'm here with two of my very good friends who are very hilarious comedians. And I thought, why the fuck not do an episode of Date Bills right here? We're actually at the Laugh Factory in Las Vegas. Um, I'm so excited you guys are here. First of all, my uh, illustrious, beautiful, and talented friend, and 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 hot, sexy comedian, Bronston Jones is here. <laughs> she set it up like it was going to go the other way. That's right. Uh, Bronston Jones hosts one of the best shows in LA, Venice Underground, at Townhouse Wednesday nights at ten, and he just came back. 9.30. Kidding. 9.30 p.m. You get there at 10, you won't get in. You're right. Actually, it's always crowded. It's always like standing room only. We turn away 50, 80 people every week. It's amazing. It's awesome. Uh, and you just got back from the Edinburgh. 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 Fringe Festival. I'm not just back, but I've been back. I go there. So if you're, if you're listening to this overseas, get to the Fringe this summer. I'll be there. Oh, it's in the summer? Where were you? You were just on like a long... I was on a Midwest tour. Oh, you were on a Midwest tour. Yeah. He's always traveling somewhere. Um, okay, hold on. I got to introduce my other guest, who is also illustrious and hot and sexy and beautiful, um, but also does not have a penis like Bronston. <laughs> she's amazing. She's been on Chelsea Lately. She's been on The Tonight Show. She's been on uh, MTV. Shea Tosh, everyone. I like how you. I think we both looked at each other uh, when you said that. She doesn't have a penis. Also, like, like Bronson, no penis. <laughs> I was like, wow, I wasn't going to get into that. This is, that's when my date usually fails at that point. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. I, I sound like I've been drinking and I'm just on a Vegas high. I'm on a Vegas high. That's what happens here. I'm high in Vegas. Oh, so um, Shema and I have been talking like all week long about, I think this should be called the sociopath episode yeah. of Date Fails because Shema and I have been talking here about how we are both attracted to sociopaths as our favorite type of man. It's not I... intentional. It's not intentional. Not on purpose. Yes. Yeah. I'm a total sociopath. So, hey, are what's you? going on, ladies? No, he you're is not. You're sociopath. Not. You can't. You, it's so rare that they're self-aware that I know you're bullshitting. No, I've been diagnosed. I didn't say I was aware oh, of it. I just you do have it. Not. Oh, you know that you've been diagnosed. <laughs> He's kidding. Really? Oh my god, you see Kate's face. Because I know, because we've been friends for so long, and in my mind, I'm like, maybe that's why I like him. That's hilarious. <laughs> no, you would know. No, you would know. No, I'm an empath. I'm very, Are you? Yeah. I am a narcissist, though. I, I scored really high on the narcissistic inventory, personality really? inventory. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, there's uh, a lot of you know arguments within the the industry mm -hmm. of mental health that whether or not one is different than the other. And uh, to me, I think, you know, what what I heard from actually Sam Sam Backman, who is like the authority on this subject, is that um, a narcissist is just motivated for different things. Like the narcissist wants attention, whereas the sociopath or the psychopath wants um, power and money. What is a sociopath? The narcissist want? will. And now we'll get to that. The narcissist will acquire money and power, but it's really just for the attention. Yeah. Um, a sociopath, you know, there are different ter terms and they use those uh, sociopath and psychopath interchangeably. Um, some say that uh, the only discerning thing, and this is, again, argued within the industry, but um, a sociopath was created by social circumstances, whereas the psychopath has literally um, mental 
disorder, like chemically, like chemically imbalanced. Yeah, okay. it's, not, it's a personality disorder, not a mental disorder. But yes, it's. Uh, I love that you're a comedian and also like an expert on sociopathic personality. Because <laughs> she really it's a niche thing. It's a niche thing. It's crazy though because this week, like everything I talk about when it comes to like the kind of guys I'm attracted to, she's like, "Oh yeah, no, I've studied this, and you have literally like more information on sociopaths than anyone I've ever met." Yeah, it's well, it's, you know, thanks to Sam Vaknin, who is himself a narcissist, full-fledged narcissist. Um, and well, I'm sorry. The reason I found out about my score is Dr. Drew, who, mm-hmm. of all people who I was like, oh, I'm not going to want to read his book. He wrote a book called The Mirror Effect. Look it up. It's great. Mm-hmm. And the book is about um, basically how children mirror everything they see these celebrities do now, like not yes. realizing, oh, that little that little picture of, of her, you know, so-and-so climbing out of the, out of the limo with her, her bush hanging yeah. out. Or laptop. Yeah. And they, these, these little girls mimic it and they send it out not realizing it's on the internet. It lives forever. Nothing dies. And then he starts saying that, that during his love line, he's handed out this, this personality. It's an actual test that psychologists give. And it's 26 questions and you have to answer yes or no. There's no, mm-hmm. like, there's no gray area. And you just have to choose one. Right? And um, he says he's handed out to some like several thousand guests. And they're all celebrities of different forms. Mm-hmm. And what he's found out is he goes that... Um, the national average is like 15, which just means you're like a normal human being getting mm-hmm. through the world. Like a movie star tends to get like an 18 or 19, like a celebrity mm-hmm. star. And, but somebody who's like an, an actor who disappears, you know, mm-hmm. like a character actor, he'll get lower than 15 because he's so empathetic that he can figure out how other people work. Oh, wow. And then as you get to uh, lead singers in a band will score higher than the bass player. Somebody who's backing him up because they're like, I want the limelight. Wow. And then he goes, uh, reality stars are actually picked because they're they're that way, like that, yeah. that helps in casting. You're like Shut that guy's up. crazy. Let's book him because he's nuts and put him in a room with that person yeah. who's nuts. I mean, that's unpredictable. How, and comics score just below, above all the other celebrities, just below that. And it's because narcissism is a multiple thing. Where one is you don't take anybody's advice because you just think I could do it on my own. <laughs> uh, part of narcissism is how you look. And when they when you take the test, you actually get your scores, and they tell you which questions actually affect what. Mm-hmm. My score is zero on how I look. Like I don't look in mirrors because a I can't see most mirrors because they're mm-hmm. below my head, mm-hmm. and I'm so tall. <laughs> I don't care what I look like. I know yeah. people are looking at me. I don't have to. Like mm-hmm. that just happens. Mm-hmm. But I score on that. On um, I score high on the. I, I won't listen to other people's things. If somebody if somebody gives me some kind of like push, I'm like, do you know who I am? Like not. Like an asshole, but I'm like, do you know who I am? I can deal with this. And there's yeah, like I got this. I got yeah. this. You just um, take the test. It's great. We can we can down, have, everybody I, download. I, it I, it I actually took the test. Um, I I read it. Strangely enough, Thanksgiving. I was this was this is Vegas in in Vegas. This is how you could conceivably spend your Thanksgiving with three lounge singers, two thunder dancers. Um, a showgirl and a gay FBI agent. I just say gay FBI agent because it's just, it makes it, it's another it is element. More interesting. Yeah. It, it is, yeah, it adds a layer. Uh, so to we the took onion. this test and, and. Don't ask, don't tell. I'll ask the questions around here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I was, yeah, I, uh, I'm very much empathetic, but I mean, every human being is uh, to a certain degree narcissistic. It's just uh, a matter of where you fall on that scale. But here's something that's really interesting that I never thought about before. I'm extremely empathetic. I mean, like, I'm so overly sensitive to other people's feelings that I tend to be a pushover and get walked on in relationships. But I also think I'm a pretty extreme narcissist. Like, I can't walk by a mirror without looking in it. Oh, but that might be insecurity. It might be that because... Well, narcissism is insecurity. It's you're looking... 
like the reason comics have it too is, is think about this. We're telling our deepest, darkest secrets that you might not even tell your therapist. <laughs> yeah. You're telling it to 150 people in a true. crowd that you don't know because you know they'll laugh and they'll like you for this secret. Yes. Yes. So it's that, true. That's part. One of the things in there was is, is like telling people stuff you shouldn't tell people. Because yeah, that's you just want that's, that. That's a codependent uh, trait as well. That's a codependent trait as well. I always do that. The minute you meet somebody. Yes. We should should do a follow-up to this episode where we've all taken it. (laughs) I really should. I I honestly think you'll score very high. We should should pause this and we should all take the test and then come back and talk about our results. We're going to do that. Um, So how does this affect – so you're saying that – well, Bronson, you're like me. So you're really empathetic but you're also a narcissist. I need to, my dad left when I was seven, so I have this hole in my heart that I need people that I'm getting my love that I didn't have from him from these 150 strangers. And there's the distinction is that um, you actually are empathetic, as are you, as am I. And I think that's the thing that we might be narcissistic, but I don't think that uh, comedians are necessarily, by and large, psychopaths because a psychopath or a sociopath, they have no empathy i mean that's one of the yeah. i mean not all of them we're damaged good looking for something they just want they just want the power or they want yeah. the that checkbox of literally not having any feeling about something uh or empathy is the reason that not that not all of them are you know serial killers but that's the reason that they can because they can disassociate they can like you know have, have you seen this is there studies that show that people who uh like people who go into finance and banking and mm-hmm. like like stock traders is I think it's like the national average is like maybe one percent of people are psychopaths, and then their business is like fifteen twenty percent because it's yeah. a business that attracts that kind of personality. You go, oh, I don't give a fuck what happens to these poor people in the middle of nowhere. Oh, I'm just yeah. gonna foreclose on their houses, no big deal because I don't give a shit. I just want the money because you really can't go for them. There's a fucking family that's on the street, yeah, because they're like, ah, fuck them. They shouldn't have bought the house. Yeah, Stupid. no empathy, and that's the thing that I think uh, makes it. A huge difference. Like you can date a narcissist and they might be selfish because, you know, to, to the point where it's kind of crippling and it does damage the relationship. But a psychopath will literally get off on seeing you in pain. And that's that's when it gets dangerous. But they're also so good and bad. I like choke fucking. They're the best. I know you do. Wait, Bronson and I. This is kind of how we became friends. Like one of the first times we ever met. The first time. Was it the, the first time? Yeah. Is it, remember, I showed you that picture. I posted that the other day. It was only two years it ago. A, it was not the first time we hung out. We the first time we hung out was in Venice, and we did not talk about choke fucking. Oh, it was not the first that time we hung out at a party. Was, but then the first time we hung, yeah, we yeah. hung out again after like a Jay Davis show on a Monday yeah, yeah. night. And at the dark room. At the dark room, and we started talking about how much he likes choking people during sex, and I started talking about how much I like to be choked during sex, and we like instantly bonded. No, we, we didn't instantly. We instantly had an emotional connection, but I thought we were gonna hug up. You did? I was really. I was like, she likes choke fucking. I like choke fucking. That's it. Done but deal. I told you that I didn't. Didn't I tell you that I didn't hook up with comics before that conversation? No, because you told me about something else. Too. I told you about a comic I hooked up with, a little, <laughs> fat, a little fat, tiny dicked Korean comic that doesn't know a, a clip from an asshole. That comic. Does the comic have a name? Does the comic- <laughs> I'm not getting involved in this. Somebody in particular. I mean, I, he doesn't have a name. He remain. He will always remain nameless, and forever now will remain a black coal in my heart. <laughs> I can't believe we're talking about this. Never mind. Moving on. I forgot that I'm not talking publicly about this. Too late. This got awkward fast. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's okay. no, it's fine. I dated a comic. 
who decided to go on a podcast and talk about our sexual relations that I had never publicly spoken of before. And I found out through Instagram because my Instagram followers started making very lewd comments about my ass related to this person. And so I had to call him and say not very nice things to him, which, you know, I just basically told him to fuck himself and um, he apologized. You're not even a post this now. I know. <laughs> you can edit this part out. Edit it out. Edit it no, out. No, it's fine. You know what? The people should know. They should. And by the, the way, people should for know. For the record, he's very, he's very funny and has a very kind heart. And I truly believe that it was a dark day in his life. <laughs> oh, nice, nice backpedal. She didn't. I don't think she meant. That's that not the part people quote. So, <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, but back to dating, uh, dating fails. Back and to dating psychopaths. Mm-hmm. Um, is that what we're talking yeah, about? So yeah. So, how many psychopaths do you think that you have dated? Actually, I think literally I've dated two complete sociopaths. And one for a year. What was the uh, the worst thing about that relationship? Um. Well, the. The best thing was the sex, the sex with both of them. And we've talked about this, like sex with sociopaths. I don't know what it is. It's incredible. Well, for one, they mirror you. That's one of the tactics that they do is they study you and they find out what makes you tick. And then they basically mirror you personality wise, sexually. They say that their goals are in line with what you want in your life. Yeah. But see, like an empathetic person also mirrors you because like, like, I've been, told, I've been told by people, a lot of different people, that I'm a good, good kisser. And it's because I kiss, I kiss them the way they're kissing me because it just makes it easier. It As, does. And when, so if you're making out with somebody and they start like jamming their tongue in your throat or something, yeah. they're like, I'm never going to this person again. Yeah. But they don't realize that they're doing something like yes. that's awful. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a difference between like matching somebody in bed and like trying to yeah. like, you know split the difference. I don't, is that, that's a horrible choice of words, but anyway, um, <laughs> but you know, you, that's one thing is, you know, trying to be in unison, yeah. but a sociopath, not just sexually, but personality wise, they'll just watch you and they'll study the things that are your dreams, your insecurities. They'll exploit your, your um, insecurities. They'll, they'll say that they have the same dreams and likes that you do in a way to manipulate you. And it's all like premeditated. That's the difference. It's one thing to want to relate to somebody, right? And it's another to completely lie and put on a facade as if you're somebody completely different because you know at the end game, the end game is you destroying them. (laughs) Well, and when you talk about the worst thing in those relationships, both of them, it's the same thing, which is like, these guys are so good at starting out saying everything you want to hear. Like they know exactly what to say to make you fall in love with them. But then what they start to do is like, put like stick little jabs in there or they give you like little insults to make you feel like you're not quite good enough. Mm-hmm. And then they start to pull back on the compliments, pull back on all the nice things. And then before you know it, you're trying to get back. You're well, trying to get them to behave the way they were in the beginning. That's mm-hmm. the abuse. That's the, the cycle of abusive relationships, whether right. it's mental, emotional or physical is what a, what a man or, you know, I guess there are some women who do it mm-hmm. actually mentally. Probably a lot of women do it. Yeah. But physically, like a man will like, he'll like beat up a woman and then later be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I would never do that. And he's so nice. And the, the woman's like, oh, maybe, the, the, you know, 
maybe he's nice. And they also beat them down so psychologically that they think that the only person who can lift them up again is that person who knocked them down. Yeah, exactly. And it's not until yeah. they're out of it with some serious therapy that they get through but it. But also women. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing. I like to be like a little dominated in bed, but in relate because in relate, I'm such an alpha female mm-hmm. that I like a guy that will like kind of dominate me in that department because it's the only place that I ever get like controlled by a guy in you can, some regard. Yeah, submissive and you can release a little bit. Somebody else has got is taking charge. Yeah, I like that. But yeah. I but the thing is I was gonna say is like women respond to words. Men mm-hmm. and we should respond to actions, but men know we respond to words. So mm-hmm. I feel like these guys like that beat up women, they know exactly what to say and women hear the words and because we're verbal. Mm-hmm. And guys know that. Yeah, and uh, what you were saying, Braun, is that they become addicted to all of those good feelings because and we were talking about this yesterday, right, Kate? The the guys who give compliments right up front. It's called love bombing. There's actually a term for love it. Love bombing? Love bombing. And what they'll do is they'll like, send you like oh, massive... Oh, I got an urban dictionary. It's a totally <laughs> different description for that one. Yeah, it's, uh, they'll send you like a massive amount of text and then they'll send you like, you know, uh, emails and it's a, a lot of adoration. And then you become almost dependent on that. And like people like us that like thrive on attention and, and uh, the affirmation of another human being, like giving them accolades or making them feel appreciated. Like we succumb to that more than the average person. So, I mean, we need therapy. I've, I've done a lot of therapy. (laughs) I've done a lot of therapy. Um, I, I literally went twice a week for like almost three years in a row. And then, um, with my ex, I went to couples counseling and read and read, but here's the problem. When you go to counseling and you read all these books on relationships and how to make them work, you're reading a book based on another healthy person. So I was wondering why none of these things that I'm doing, that I'm taking all the advice from this book and it's not working, because when you show vulnerability to a normal person, it makes them feel drawn to you. But if you do it with a sociopath, they hold you in contempt and they want to punish you for it. So it's actually adding gasoline to the fire. Fuel, uh, fuel to the fire. I don't know. It's I got to tell you, you guys tell me your problems really makes me hate you guys a lot. So can we have sex now? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he just really wants to choke you. That's I mean, really honestly, <laughs> it's like, it's like, even though I talk about it and even when I see it happening, like there's a guy I've been talking to recently who at the beginning would call me, text me almost every hour, FaceTime me every day. It was so into me, into me, into me. And then all of a sudden it was like a flipping of a switch just backed way the fuck off and he's still there did you guys did, was no sex it wasn't a sex, sex it wasn't a sex thing nope no but she wants to take it further right like yeah. did, actually no but see here's the thing though is there there is the chase this is definitely a, a male this is a mm. hunter thing yeah. is is the chase is fun yeah and if you get it then the rest of it has to be fun and if you realize oh wait i don't really give a shit about all these other things about a person i was really just kind of chasing her to see if i could get her now that i have her i don't want her because i don't want all that mm-hmm. so you might have revealed in the text that you were gonna fuck them and I, he goes, ah, that's good, it you know that's I mean? it now that i have that yes power, it's the yes. sex if you give up the sex too soon yeah i gave up it's not too soon it's just got to be with the right person because then you, you you're like okay sex isn't the only thing i'm looking for now i want to hang out with this person yeah. So or I was, I was hanging out with this woman a couple, we'll just say two years ago, a couple months ago, just so they'll uh, figure it out. Not that they're listening to your podcast, they probably do. <laughs> but uh, she started, it was like, yeah, when we finally hooked up, that was cool. But then she started texting me all the time to come over. And like, literally, I just went like this, this is too easy. And I was just like, I don't want to fuck you. I got to go over like, fuck her now. 
you know, like I started thinking to myself. That really happens to guys. You have to always make them feel like they're chasing you forever. Um, here's the thing, though. And I, I think that from time to time. But the truth is, um, you know, there's a lot of people that are in relationships that they're, the guy's not chasing the girl anymore. And I think the thing that makes it different is that you spend enough time with that person to where they value you for things other than that. Because in yeah. the beginning, they're only going to be thinking that. For the most part, that's the primary focus is getting laid or having sex with you or getting you. Well, if you're attractive. Yeah. And then, but beyond <laughs> that, right? Well, exactly. then why would you be out with them if you're not attracted? Because those are just friends. Those are fun people to hang out oh, with. Oh, right. I forgot but about like those. dating guys. <laughs> <laughs> like we hang out. That's about yeah, We hang out, right? we're attracted to each other. No, I'm not attracted to you at all. You lie. I find you, you ugly are a and liar. Hideous. Shh, I'm trying to work this around. Okay, sorry. sorry. I'm trying to make her want it so much she's going to chase me. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. It's going to work. Actually, if you completely started treating me like an ugly piece of shit, we'd probably end up fucking. Yeah, that's horrible. That's horrible. Yeah, but this is why truth. we're gonna we're gonna have yeah, we're gonna a work boot on... camp, a self esteem boot camp next time you come out here. <laughs> I, this is what's weird, though. I feel very confident. Like, I think I have a great person. I mean, I don't want to, like, I think I have a good personality. I'm smart. I'm decently funny. I'm in shape. I'm not ugly. And I feel all those things about myself. And I know from the outside, I'm like, I'm a good catch. But then, obviously, there's some massive insecurity. What happened to you as a child? I, I don't know. Do you? He's, <laughs> uh, Ron said he was abandoned. I feel like I was neglected and abandoned. I was abandoned. And I think we're by all, several yeah. men. Yeah, yeah, you had mentioned a few that. in a mm-hmm. row. Yeah. So I do have really, yes, what it is. I have really bad abandonment issues. So I think I'm attracted to men who I know are unavailable. Even if I, even if consciously I'm like, this one's available. This one wants a relationship. No, because you, you don't want to be with some, like, because, because if you allow yourself to fall in love with somebody, is is you think that they're going to leave because that's been your experience. Right. And so then the second there's the slightest chink in the armor is I tend to do this is where as soon as something small happens, I'm like, ah, oh, go fuck yourself. And I freak out. <laughs> I do too. I'm away. And usually, and I usually try and do it in such a brutal way. It's such an asshole thing to do because I'm really trying to go, you'll never come back, but it's, I chose this. And then the next day, of course, I feel like a piece of shit. Yeah. Then you got to work it out. And then all of a sudden you end up in one of these on again, off again. Oh, uh, yeah. The, the nightmare of all time. It wasn't I... until I had therapy where my therapist said, so if anybody else has abandonment issues and you do what I said, is she's told me whenever I get in that fight, is to stop myself, which is why you shouldn't be drunk when you're fighting. Mm-hmm. Stop yourself and go, are you fighting with her or are you fighting with your dad right now? And once you can take that second to go, Oh fuck! This isn't. This is such a small, stupid thing. Why am I freaking out? She's not gonna leave. Like, here. yeah, yeah. Well, here, that's that's so true. And it's also, I, I think it's basically your, the same thing that you're saying, which is like, oh, I'm feeling close to this person, and I'm starting to feel really vulnerable, you know, because I feel so close to them, and now it's like I'm kind of dependent on them for these good feelings, whether they're a sociopath or not. Like, you're into somebody, and that, you know, that leaves you open to being hurt. And so I feel like it's uh, the times that I've done something similar to that is just like just to try to, all right, no, 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 I don't have to deal with this now. Like, well, he did this little thing and that means he's probably going to do X, Y, and Z. So wh- let me just get it over with now before he, you know, rips That's what out. I do. I push them away before they can like hurt me. But then, oh, I'm so fucked up. This is a great episode. I'm sitting here and I'm like, all right, here's what I'm going to do. This is my new tactic to completely date off type. 
anyone I want to sleep with, I'm going to not date. And anyone that I'm like, I would never want that guy is who I'm going to date. Do that Ron, you're in. Where, where George does opposite George. They, they go, whatever your yeah. instinct is to do, do the opposite. And all of a sudden, he just becomes the winner with beautiful girlfriends and everything. He's like, ah, oh, I, I was going to tell that guy to go fuck him. But then I was like, oh, you're a nice guy. And I really think that's right. what I should do. Like, that's And by funny. the way, if anyone is listening who knows how to make apps and like create apps, here's an app that needs to exist. Okay. I have an extreme problem with texting. What I do, like what you're talking about, Bronson, where you like go crazy and push the person away so hard that they'll never want to come back. I do that, but I do it through text. Like I'm the girl that will have like a whole conversation with myself through text and go through like 50,000 emotions and send a hundred text messages until the guy is like, this bitch is so fucking psycho. And what I need is an app where I can like put these people into the app and once they're in the app someone else has control over my phone for those people so that i absolutely no matter what like cannot text them or okay how about this yeah i've done the same thing and i've also received these from people okay is if you text more than say a certain number of characters within five minutes so it's not even based on girls tend to do like like four word text but like 10 of them I tend to write a really long one so I could get away with it can't be based on how many texts because I'll be like yeah I wrote a fucking novel I do long ones texts. too yep. is so many characters and then you're not allowed to text that person for 10 or 15 minutes meaning it gives you it makes you go minutes ah, how about ah, days yeah it should be 24 right. hours it should no, be no but like, you might you might you might actually be in a conversation with somebody where you might need no, to text back and reply, forth no if they reply you can text but there should be that's brilliant there should Only be an app reply. yeah there should be an app that if you send more than you can set whatever it is like if you send more than 100 characters <laughs> to a person you can't text them again till they reply that's brilliant. That's great. How do we get the, the but psycho then, alert? But see, here's the thing: I'm such a psycho that then I would just go DM them on like on Facebook, and then I would DM them on Instagram, and then I DM them on Twitter, and then I've had conversations now that have gone from text into Skype into Facebook, and then I just took it to email just to be like, ah, let's just fucking get everything I can do here. There's too I, many ways to stalk now. That's the problem. That's the problem too. Is that like I also have a, a temper issue where I block guys on things. And then I feel like it drives me insane not knowing if they're messaging me or not. So then I unblock them. Then I block them again. Then I unblock them. Like, I've had a guy this week that I've blocked on Facebook three times, which is really hard to do because you have to wait 48 hours before you can block them again. Wow. <laughs> wait, they make, you, they make you actually wait? <laughs> yeah, when you unblock someone, Facebook is like, nah, bitch, you cannot block them oh, again. Oh, you know why? People are, probably, people are probably, like, unblocking you to do all this shit to you, and then they block you again. And so they went, no, no, if you unblock them and you do shit to them, you got to suffer the consequences for two fucking days. Yeah. I'm yeah. revealing psycho. what a psycho I am on this episode. But you know what? Here's the thing, though. I mean, there's a difference between someone being a legit psycho and then somebody ha- having to deal with crazy-making behavior and reacting the way any normal person would if they were facing crazy-making behavior. I mean, uh, there's a reason that that term exists. I didn't make it up. It's crazy-making. It's engineered behavior. Or behavior that's that's designed to engineer a reaction from you. Well, see, yeah. that's the thing. I only go that crazy under one circumstance, and this is the circumstance when someone ignores me. That mm-hmm. is the only time. And I'm it's sorry, when, I wasn't listening. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's when they ignore me, and I can tell they're doing it venomously. Not mm-hmm. like they're ignoring me because it's over, and I won't stop messaging them. And they're like, yeah. "You're a crazy bitch. Go away." But I mean, like. When they're engaging with you and then all of a sudden they just don't answer you 
and then you send them a naked photo and then they don't answer that. <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> Look, if I send a guy a naked photo and he opens that shit and doesn't answer, that motherfucker is, is gay. dead to me. Like, I will <laughs> never send you another naked photo again. I just use a real comic's name. You're what gonna is bleep it. She's not even a bleep real person. It, That's it. getting bleeped, Maria. Maria's my producer. Bleep that name, Maria. You bleep. Um, we're here at the Laugh Factory, and I'm actually host, hosting the show right now. So here's what's happening. I'm going to go back on stage, but you guys, please keep talking because there's there's more time on this podcast. So I'm leaving shame on Bronson to, to keep having relationship talk. I'll be back. All right. All right. Cool. Okay, so, so... There's a piece of work, huh? She's a hot piece of ass. <laughs> hot mess. What guy is not texting her back after she sends a picture? Like, that's the part I don't understand. Like, uh, Because what? once you have it, then you're like, ah, I got it. Yeah, that's this the thing. That's why you got to hold out. This is yeah. for the ladies out there. Hold out. Because I know there's a lot of guys that would love to fall in love, yeah. but we don't give them an opportunity to. Let's be honest. I mean, sometimes, you know, we're the ones in control. I hate to say it, and it's it's a... It's a lot of responsibility because we sometimes we just want to fuck you. You know what I mean? We just like I want to get laid, but well, I mean we're biologically programmed as, as males of a species to run around and try and shoot our seed into anything and everything that will take it. And biologically, females are programmed to be like, no, I can only do this once every nine months. I have to be selective. Uh, well, and so we get into this. The this- selective thing, and that, that's I talk about this on stage, is that, you know, guys use that excuse, and it was like based on, you know, a guy trying to actually get away with cheating, using that as an excuse. So, yes, men do uh, feel the need on some kind of, um, bi- in some kind of biological way, um, the reptilian brain or whatever is driving that behavior. Um, they want to inseminate as many women as possible to ensure survival of the species. Yes. No, I'm not, I'm not saying it's an excuse just, for cheating. I'm saying it's, no, no, it's, no, an, it's excuse not an excuse for you guys being selective. It's the, yeah, it's, it's the reason though, that guys, you know, have a harder time being one, they have like 20 times more testosterone, you know, running through their veins, but also because they are designed to want to inseminate a bunch of women, yeah. but women consequently are designed to select the superior male specimen. So that means, you know, means we could also use we could also use that as an excuse conveniently. Not that that's what you were doing, but we could use that as an excuse to cheat as well and guys would hate it because we would just turn it around and say, "Well, look, you know, a uh, woman's role is to select the superior male." So I got to fuck your friend Steve. Like I just now there's me and all my friends are fucking genes. Steve. We're part of his pride, and right. you get out of here, beta male. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can beat up right. Steve. You're allowed in. Yeah, get out, beta. Yeah, <laughs> I can't help it, honey. I know it's your brother, but you know he's got better genes. Mm-hmm. I, th- I thought he was adopted because clearly, look at that bone, bone structure. <laughs> you didn't get it. Yeah. Well, what was your mom drinking when she was pregnant <laughs> with you? <laughs> right. I mean, jeez. But yeah, yeah, so wh- who are you dating now? Are you dating anybody? No, nobody, nothing. I'm When's not- the last time you were in a relationship? A serious one? Years ago. I've, I've, I do find that um, I tend to, because for the last four years I've gone to Scotland for, for six to eight weeks, I'm over in the UK, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I tend to meet somebody that will become very serious and like might be real within February and March. And then just as there's enough time where I'm like, oh, I think this might actually be something that's going to be real. I fuck off to the summer for two months and then and you lose steam. Yeah. And then you get back and you're like, like nobody's waiting around for two months for somebody they just met. Not these days. And, uh, no, yeah. Back in the day when you'd have to, you know, send a canary or something to send a message, you know, that those people had to, 
yeah, and not I, Facebook. I think I think it is difficult too with what we do to to have a relationship with a normal human being because a normal person wants you to sit around at night with them and like oh let's you know cut around and watch a movie or let's go to my friend's birthday party. I'm like I'm not going to your girlfriend's birthday party. I got a gig. Right. Doesn't we even pay, but I gotta go. Yeah, that's the thing. And that's why I see these relationships where uh, a lot of times guys will be dating a woman and she's so supportive. And uh, it's not as uh, readily available for women in my experience that a guy would just, like, come around with you to gigs and, like, be well, supportive. Come on. He's got to, you know, he's got you know, well, to laugh. I mean, yeah. You know. Well, well, my friends will, like, Women aren't say, funny, right? <laughs> My, well, my guy friends, they'll have like a wife that takes care of the kids while they're yeah. out on the road and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And I, I know the distance makes it difficult, but, you know, they're like, what? You're going to have kids? Why Why don't you have kids? I'd be like, well, I don't have a man to stay at home and watch my kids. Like, I can't pursue this career and have – it'd have to yeah. be like a house husband. I think – yeah, you'd have to have – you'd have to be making enough to support him to, to do that. I think it is also – this is – biological I think is that women are more empathetic because you guys are programmed mm. to, to take care of the next one that comes out mm. whereas we're out oh, okay, fucking make another one or yeah. hunt or whatever is that I think it's harder for men to be as supportive and maybe it's sociologically programmed into us yeah. so if you're dating a new guy he's not going to come to every show whereas I've started dating girls and they want to come to every show and I go you know what can you not come to everyone <laughs> right like because a you're gonna get bored just yes. come to the ones I care about like I'll, right. I'll be like no this one's important to me come to this or I got this new thing you're gonna see it yeah but I'm yeah. like I don't know double-edged sword there it is it's, having them there every night yeah. yeah I know that the feeling of when you have like even friends that have just seen your act recently and you're like yeah. you know there's gonna be a lot of the same stuff uh yeah. tonight that you that you saw last Tuesday but, it's not um, fixed yet either. I'm sorry. I'm, it still sucks. <laughs> Don't come yet. It's still shitty. So you, you want to just, you know, grin yeah. and bear it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the distance, the traveling makes it really difficult. I don't even know what kind of guy would be a good partner for me in this industry. Yeah. Like, I mean, what have you found is, in terms of women? Well, this is, this is something I actually was talking to Spencer when you guys uh, – I don't know. She was changing, and you were somewhere. But we were talking about. Um, he's just like, "Oh, what are you doing? You date? You date anybody?" I'm like, "Nah, I've been on the road." No, and um, I said something like, "I would never date a comic. I could only date a com- comedian if the comedian was very funny, like mm-hmm. like truly funny person at a certain level in her career. Where if she has a bad set, I don't have to lie and go, oh, that was good.' Right? I can be like, I can be like." They were terrible or you were terrible. And they would be like, oh, I know. And it's just a professional thing. Yes, yes. But it's also like I couldn't support somebody and be like, oh, my God, you were great. If, if It's not even that that was a bad night. It's just that they aren't good. Yeah, no, that's like, too awkward. It's yeah. way too awkward. You can't lie to somebody. About, not about comedy. Yeah. I can you lie just, to them about their other jobs. <laughs> oh, yeah, the haircut looks great. Right, right. But, yeah, about comedy, it's tricky. Yeah. And we're talking about um, – Not dating comics. No, and the types of types of people that would be good for a comic to date, given what we do, flight attendant, people that hate themselves, people that want to date an extreme narcissist. (laughs) I don't think that's always the case. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're talking about because of the travel and also just it's a night job. You know, like like it has to be somebody who. Who had maybe you know, like you say flight attendant, but then you kind of go do our schedules even match? Yeah, then you or never we just in a marriage or, or a relationship. Yeah, but just sometimes like, that's oh, good. Boxes check, but I don't really care. Yeah, sometimes that's good though. Like I was married to a musician, and he was yeah. gone half the time, and some parts of that were great, and some parts of it were awful because absence really did make the heart grow fonder. Every time he'd come back, he'd be like magical. 
yeah. for a little while. But I will say when someone travels a lot, it's like they leave town, you get used to being like on your own, then mm-hmm. they come back and you're like, oh, this motherfucker's back again. And then they leave yeah, again. Yeah, I got to take a look at Right. <laughs> like you get used to them being gone and then, you know, you feel like you're single and then they come back and you're like, I guess I can't fuck guys in your bed. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. I never cheated. That's a joke. Um, well, listen, I uh, I love you guys for doing you. this. I love you. Love and, you. Uh, my new love. I don't know what you talked about while I was gone, and that's the joy of podcasting that uh, I'll find out when the listeners find out. <laughs> right. Um, but you guys are amazing, and uh, tell the people where they can find you. Oh, you can find me at shamatosh.com. That's spelled S-H-A-Y-M-A-T-A-S-H. Dot com. Uh, and the thing is, you know, people always say Daniel Tosh. No, no, it's not T-O-S-H. No. T-A-S-H. You look nothing like Daniel Tosh. No, that's awesome. Yeah. He's well, cute, though. He's very cute. He probably would look cute in a dress. Uh, dude, yeah, I'd, I'd kiss be, him. I wouldn't I, be gay. It would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Bron, where can people find you? You can find me at bronston.com. B-R-O-N-S-T-O-N.com. Wow. There's links on there to whatever social media you like. Um, yeah, and just, you know, hopefully you'll find me in Kate's bed. Yes, you, you know, you never know. If you ever quit comedy, I think we could be a really good couple. I'm not funny. <laughs> you Does are funny. He's very funny. <laughs> he is funny. Um, guys, you know you can find me everywhere at KateQFunny, KateQuigley.com, TinderTrauma.com, blah, 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 blah. I love you. This has been Date Fails. Talk to you soon. Bye. Mwah.